On today's episode of The Incredibly Awful Truth, we have singer and songwriter Christina Mata. We dive into her journey through music and what she has done to make it her life's work and where it's taking her next. We also share the same childhood trauma and, well, it's on our face. All of that and much more up next. Also, we have a new team member on The Incredibly Awful Truth. Uh, My friend AJ is actually editing this episode, so I want to say a huge shout out and thank you to him uh, for taking the time to do this. So thanks, man. So (laughs) let's start the process. Uh, We hopped on a call beforehand, and I didn't know we had the same kind of trauma. Uh, We both have what we like to call in the uh, socially acceptable world, uh, as beauty marks on our face, okay? <laughs> uh, not just moles, all right? It is a mole, but we have a beauty mark, and we were both picked on it by, like, other children when we were in grade school. This is correct, right? About our moles. About yeah, what, what is that? I have no idea, but it's very frustrating as a child, especially when it's something about how you look, even above anything. Yeah their most insecure time of our lives right now now, have you translated any of this trauma into music at any point like at any point in unlv did you derive anything where you're like i'm gonna write this really sad jazz ballad (laughs) over (laughs) because of this mole like it's too traumatic to even bring up it's too (laughs) traumatic to even i can't even think about it for longer than than 10 minutes a lot. Chet Baker's got nothing on this shit. He's got nothing. <laughs> no. It's a lot. I mean, you just you want to be viewed as desirable in middle school. You want to have the guy but on the why? basketball team notice you and you Right, you but just... no one's earning any money. No one's like a person yet. <laughs> why do we have to do the mole thing? Like like the like the mole is some monetary value that they're taking away from like that's ridiculous. And if anything, it becomes cuter. Like, I don't know. It's it's a tough subject. It's tough to think about, you know. That's when I first thought about like getting it removed and plastic surgery and all those things. Really? Um, is that when all that was is, like like Yeah. And for girls nowadays, I can't even imagine what girls go through nowadays with all of the social, social media, media editing. And, Mm -hmm. you know, all the plastic surgery craze that's going on. It's like, I even thought about that back then when no one was doing that, I guess, at the time. It wasn't popular yet. You got moles, fucking rock them. Like, who cares? (laughs) Like, let it rip. You got nothing to lose. (laughs) Or everything. I don't know. I told, I like, moles are somewhat dangerous we talked about this a little bit beforehand too like what what was the shape you said yeah if it's you know if it's an unusual shape of any kind hexagon octagon that means dermatologist right now you gotta go you really you gotta go yeah i get sunscreen spf 70 dude spf 70 70 yeah no more 30 you might as well just wear a sweater all the time or like one of those (laughs) ski masks like like, I don't know. I can't live life like that. Like, oh, I got to put 70 SPF on my mole before I go out into a clouded day. Like, I can't, like, I can't, I can't live like that. Like, I got to go. Like, I like, I'd rather. Dude, and like, you got to reapply because it comes off oh, in two no. hours. No, applying. I don't, I'm not, 
I'm not applying anything. I no, absolutely not. I I like <laughs> you. Li- you live. You live one life. Like if the mole's gonna take you out, let the mole take you out. Like this is like. It's, <laughs> It's just at that point. So enough talking about moles. It's been five minutes into the podcast. Uh, it's a touchy. It's I, so touchy. You have no let's idea. Let's just get into it. Uh, when did you know you could sing? Uh, because I like. I feel like everybody has like that moment where you kind of like you sing into like your phone to see if you can actually sing. Did you do that? And you're like, oh, wow. Like I'm actually like good. Like <laughs> how did that work? So I had a YouTube channel and it actually is hilarious because my close friends, Jesse and Adam found this YouTube channel. It was my very first one. Mm-hmm. I was 12 years old and I ended up getting some good hits. Like I think I got like a thousand on some videos. Whoa! Um, I, I collabed with my other 12 year old friend. Um, but that was kind of my equivalent to the whole recording yourself in your phone kind of thing. I would, I would put it on YouTube Mm -hmm. and just, just go at it with my favorite pop songs. Demi Lovato was my life back then. Demi Lovato, man. (laughs) Was she just like, were you just like jamming up to camp rock? Was it just? Yes. I think everyone our age, everyone our age. Yes. Oh no. I remember when high school musical two came out, it was an event. It was a freaking event. I remember it's the I, all the era. cousins came over yes. it was wild yes and it was the premiere at like 8 p.m and it was after a new sweet life of zach and cody i remember yes oh god i could taste the fucking lunchable so bringing it back so you so you posted some videos on youtube and did your mom or your dad kind of like get you going into singing like were they like oh like we should start this or uh what was the process they definitely did. My my parents are both actually singers, but they're they're amateur singers. You know, they don't they're not gigging or taking lessons or anything. But they gotcha. actually they're both just really good. They're really good shower singers. They're incredible shower singers. My parents are. I still look up to them because they just they can belt it out. They they can just really wow. I don't know. They got crazy lungs passed it down somehow um mm-hmm. i was really intensely raised on music um mm-hmm. classical music even my parents are into classical music um 60s 70s 80s billy joel elton john foreigner depeche mode and i just i loved being raised on those artists because they it's all about the lyrics with them and that's everything i took Growing up was I want to write lyrics like those people. That was my number one thing. That that actually that's a perfect uh, segue into uh, my next question. So looking at back at your parents and how they kind of guided you towards these these specific artists, like which ones kind of created the mold of who you are today as an artist or as as a singer. I definitely think it's just a mix of I was shown so much music it was it's crazy to think about how would they show it to you because my my dad would i i have distinct memories okay of like driving in the back of a 1996 (laughs) honda accord okay just blazing outside the 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 thing had no ac okay (laughs) and we're just driving home and i remember us having 102.3 on and it was the classics Like, like, you know, like Leonard Skinner or like, you know, I don't know, yes. Mac and you know, all these different bands. And I just remember my dad, like, he was so brutal. He was so brutal about it. He would be like, like one song would come on. And he's like, who is this? 
And I'm like, oh, I don't <laughs> like I'm I'm six. Like I don't like I just like came into like consciousness maybe a five like I'm five six. years ago. I'm uh, six, dad. I'm six. Yeah, I, like I'm literally here. He's like, and then he would get mad. He's like, oh, you don't know, you don't know. And I'm like, like and I'm six. I'm six years old. And he like he would just like guilt me into knowing who the hell like Lindsay Buckingham was, which is like ridiculous. Like like no six year old should know though. who Lindsay it's Buckingham. Important. No, it is important. Like I no I, like it's it's really important. Like I'm super happy that he did that for me. But also I'm like I was pissed off in the moment where suddenly like as soon as YouTube and like Spotify and like all those like you know mm-hmm. you know streaming platforms started coming out, I would just like research them. And any time he'd like throw like a random one at me, like there was one. And there, it was like the one moment I think I made my father proud. Like we were in the we were in the car. I think I was like 11 years old, and mm-hmm. some really random song came on, and it was it was um it was a song I called I think I love you from the Partridge Family, and oh, right, like right. it came on, and my dad was like you're not gonna get this. Who is this? And I said the Partridge Family, and he almost stopped oh, the car. Like he almost like he literally hit the brake, and he was like you actually like you. You actually did it. And I was like, finally, like, I didn't need to go to college at that point. Like, I was like, I did it. Like, I did it. It's over. That's like I the made peak this, of the music peak. history. I made, I made this boomer happy. Like, for <laughs> once in my life, like, I didn't have to show him, like, my, like, Reaganomics, like, like, hatred board. Like, I just, I just made him happy by saying the Partridge family. So how did, so, like, how did they get you to like that? Like, how did they? Like, how did they, did they guilt you? Like my dad? Like, like what happened? <laughs> it was definitely just, you know, a very communal type of thing. We just listened to music by just sitting around the couch, turning it on, dancing, really just nothing too analytical. Not who is this? Not anything like yours. Yours was intense. <laughs> <laughs> intense. No quizzing, really, really no intense. anything. Yeah, really intense um, for the back of a Honda Civic. Like, yeah, very intense. In like, it was it was nothing like that. Just very. They were never. You, you should be a singer. You should do that. They they actually never even considered that I was going to go into music professionally. They still think it's so bizarre. They'll be like, I can't believe you're doing music as a career. I just. <laughs> they never thought that that was going to happen even though they wow. love music so much and they it's just a part of life for them that they don't even probably consider could have gone into a career um mm-hmm. but they it's really high up in their lives definitely and i i saw that growing up of just music is going to be really important in my life i knew that right. from growing up i knew it was going to be super important to me i just knew it so you like from when you were singing like from an early age you were just like I like I kind of have to do this like there's something in me that is gravitated towards this so heavily that it's influenced me throughout my entire life you're just like that I have to do this yeah definitely it was a powerful powerful call definitely Mm -hmm. just because I went through a lot growing up to insecurity the Mm -hmm. mole thing Um, no 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 the mole thing's bullshit the mole thing's beautiful I don't care what anybody says like like if you have mole like spread love for moles man so from from these insecurities you you kind of fell deeper in love through music or you know that kind of helped definitely what was was the yeah I didn't I was I was and no one believes me on this but I was such a an isolated kid I had no Mm -hmm. friends um I was 
actually I had one friend, but it was a it was an on and off like love hate frenemy vibe. And so I was such an isolated kid and I it was just hard for me to connect to a lot of other kids. I think it, you know, I was going through my parents' divorce and mm-hmm. a lot of different things, just feeling like I wanted to be there for both of my parents, split in two directions, being put in the middle. Um and really a helplessness that I think a lot of people with divorced parents can understand. It's like a very helpless feeling of what could mm-hmm. I do to make, to fix this, but in reality it has nothing to do with you. And I think right. that helplessness kind of led me into how can I bring myself back to myself and really my family and what they always taught me and how to value music and family and, how can I get back to who I really am? And every single time I would think about who I was as a person, it always mm-hmm. went back to music and singing and really writing music and writing lyrics. I always write my lyrics before I write the music. That's what I always do. Mm. It's because I, I want the lyrics to ring true more than anything else in the song. I mean, the the melody and the rhythm, everything that's so beautiful and it it makes it what it is at the end of the day. But my goal ultimately is to have the lyrics ring out. And that was kind of what led me to it in the first place. Cause writing was writing was what I did to get back to myself and, and singing and writing was all just manifesting together to become that big correlating idea for mm-hmm. who I who I saw myself as even in middle school so this really, is middle school me right so this is this is a pretty cathartic uh process then um has that process changed over time or has it pretty much been the same uh for for writing music so the process definitely was challenged once i started studying at a university for music mm-hmm. because then you everything that you once believed to be true is now challenged now you have the right way to write something the wrong way to write right. something you have the more desirable way of to write something because it appeals to a larger audience of people and right. you could change this to make a bigger impact on this community and to get more plays and to it it becomes sort of how to capitalize on yourself rather than maybe release emotions which Mm -hmm. is good as well you know you need that you need that push into how to make yourself a business because it's as a musician you have to be a business um Mm -hmm. but it challenges a lot of your authenticity because mm-hmm. you want to you want to break the mold and become this rising star out of it all mm-hmm. and maybe you lose yourself a little from it mm-hmm. but maybe it's nothing lost because you have you know possibly fame or capitalize mm-hmm. yourself in some way and so i think that's when it started to change and when it started to become a little more complicated to stick with that mold because now you have all these different i had all these different voices you know mentors and colleagues and you know you you get new inspiration but you also get new feedback that maybe challenges you 
in ways you never even thought. Right. So you, you I'm guessing you felt trapped at some point. <laughs> like you feel like, like, like more like I shouldn't say, I shouldn't say, I shouldn't be, I shouldn't say trapped, but I mean like, like kind of like a state of like paralysis almost where like you, you can't yeah. really do what you want to do because you can't emote. I don't, it's so weird. Like we become more, as we get older, we ca- we become more, um, I guess, receded in, in emotion. We kind of become more hardened. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I can totally relate from the standpoint of like, even like in filmmaking, like, like or even writing, like you feel weird sharing. You know, you feel weird mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, actually doing what you want to do because it's not necessarily in line with what uh, maybe other people want for you or what, you know, exactly. the current path is going for you because there's so many different things thrown at people in college, which is a good thing. Like like you said, it's it's solid for people to to go through that. But um, some people, mm-hmm. it like I said, it, it kind of gives them like a state of paralysis. So how did you kind of fight through that? Was there a, po- a point where you're just like, screw it? Like, I'm going to, I'm going to go do what I want to go do. And, uh, here I am, you know, and kind of deal with it. Did you have that moment? Definitely. I mean, studying opera was the thing that helped me understand my actual voice, like the construction of the voice, everything, how you use your voice, just your tongue, your teeth, your mouth, everything. And I think once I started taking the step back, and I think we were talking about this another day, I was taking the step back and Mm -hmm. just taking a year or two to just focus on what I even sound like and what I can do to get better just with the production of my sound. Mm -hmm. Because I think before I even started thinking about how I sounded, I automatically just thought, how can I get views? How can I get likes? How... Mm -hmm. How can I lose weight to look more attractive to audiences or something right. like that was my mind. And I was like, I have to, because I originally started at UNLV in jazz and wanted to go the more singer songwriter route. And then I was like, I mm-hmm. need to step back and just go back to the roots of, I want to learn how to sing the right way, sing right. any type of way that I can. This opera really sets you up for any any and all genres it teaches you how to belt how to have head voice how to just everything that you would possibly need to know is written out in textbooks from people and these people called pedagogues who Mm -hmm. pave the way for singing that started in like italy right Um, and i'm sorry but if if you have a name like pedagogue you better pave the way to something like i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) like i'm like if anybody Seriously. like look, I'm I'm sorry that was, like I'm sorry for interrupting. That was beautiful what you're saying, but just like pedag like <laughs> if you don't do anything like with the title pedagogue, Seriously. you are there's something wrong because you, you like that that doesn't exist. Do you feel like we've just become dumber over time? Like just just oh, the way yeah. that like like we used to have beautiful like that's a pedagogue. Like no, like now that's a cashier. Like that like <laughs> like that's like like. And he'll ring you up now. Click. Here's more capitalism. Like, like I don't know. Like that's just that's brutal. Sorry. Go on. Um, <laughs> but, oh, no, God. I. But I, I get what I get. What you're saying though, like you know, being able to to really digest and understand uh, where your place is in time with art is something that's really beneficial um, for for anybody that's going through that kind of 
metamorphic stage of who they are as an artist and what they want to do um because if they right. don't and they go down something that is being told by other people um you know that i just it's sad what what the industry can do to people at that point um but at that point do you, do you have any advice for people who may be going down the kind of the similar path nobody really goes down the same path um as as people do in college but is there any advice that you would look at for other people out there that are just like, I am in the same boat. What should I do for this? For yes, this time? I would definitely say to lean into judgment and rejection. Because I think mm. those two things really tell you, however you react to those two things, I, I strongly believe that that will lead you to what you're most passionate about. I've had so many experiences where I was rejected at an audition or for a play or a musical or something, or and I just either was apathetic or it tore me apart. I I totally like understand like where you're coming from on that because like and, and I think that's a really important, uh, incredibly awful truth uh, to throw the plug in there. But um, I, I I think a lot of people shy away from the fact that uh, failure and judgment is really kind of your best friend as an artist. Yes. Um, because it, it really attacks like the, the heartstrings on what is most valuable to you. And it makes you care more about that thing or change into something that might actually be better for you, you know, and, and that's not a bad thing. You know, I think that's shamed upon a lot. I think a lot of people like, Oh, you changed. Oh, you did this thing. It's like, yeah, you're supposed to. Like, that's life. Yeah. Um, like, you yeah, can't you have just to go adjust. into these things. Yeah, exactly. Like, you can't, like, just go into things going, this is it. I'm going to be like this for the rest of my life. Like, that, that's boring. Like, who the hell does that? Like, that's like, right. Like, no one should, should go into life just saying that this is going to be me forever. So, um, no, I, I applaud you for, for saying that. Um, so, is there anything else? Uh, I feel like you have more to say on, on the advice part. Uh, do you think so? I asked, uh, this has been a reoccurring theme throughout season one, but do you believe that for young adults go, heading into fields uh, in media or in art or anything like that, do you really think that uh, the education is completely worth it? Do you, think, do you think that people were entering this weird age where necessarily it, it's not uh, beneficial anymore? Or do you think that it is beneficial? Like, what are your thoughts on that? So I truly believe if you if you want to be a professional singer, mm-hmm. I would advise 100% to get educated on the science of your voice. Because the thing is, is and whether that's formally at a university, which it's so accessible at every university, almost, almost every university has it. Um, but even just a good teacher who cares about mm-hmm. you who who has done a lot in their field because the thing is is a lot of people have a natural talent and it's amazing to see those people with natural talent but when you start learning about things like vocal nodes and crazy ways that people have lost their voices just because they talk too loud at parties or they don't know mm-hmm. the right way to access a certain register like Adele was right. off 
she wasn't doing music for I think about two years because she had she was going through a vocal surgery and I think yes natural talent is so it's incredible to see what people can do I definitely I was talking about this at my recital but I definitely wasn't the naturally talented kind I just loved singing and my parents gave me lessons um or they hired someone to give me lessons and it was such a good experience because you if you work hard at it you can every single person can sing no matter what um no one's tone deaf which is a surprise to most when i tell them that i'm like no one is tone deaf you can learn i promise i was basically tone deaf are you sure back in the day are you sure <laughs> yes i, I have, promise i you. have been no no i don't know about that i've been in karaoke <laughs> bars where i'm like this is like someone is going to kill someone like this is either from the awkwardness or just the pure strength of their voice um because no one you're like your coworker really shouldn't be busting out bohemian rhapsody that hard like it's like it's they've rehearsed certain, this it's something that you have to you need someone to tell you singing is i mean there's a lot of naturally talented people but i was so crazy loud as a singer i was mm-hmm. crazy loud like hurt your ears loud and mm-hmm. my teacher the first year i took voice lessons when i was 14 she told me i'm gonna teach you how to control the volume it was crazy to know i mean you always need a mentor because you can't tell mm-hmm. on my i couldn't tell that i was loud and obnoxiously like off key i couldn't tell you need a mentor and i think like going back to your question, it's for singing, you want to do it. I think you should know the mechanics going into it. How are your mm-hmm. ribs and your expansion of your lungs affecting the production of what's coming out? I mean, is your tongue going up so high in your mouth that it's muting your entire voice and you have an entire voice just lying behind it? I mean, there's all these mechanics mm-hmm. that you could sound completely different um in reality but it's just no one told you how to set it up and whether it's just a teacher or through a university singing is yeah singing is a great way to express yourself but it's also a way to become really disciplined about something and really try to understand how we even it goes back to even the first chapter one of my favorite books is literally Mm. how to breathe the right way and it's so interesting it Mm. goes back to how can you just breathe as a human being and suddenly your vocal cords rub together and you can do things like vibrato and run yeah your vocal cords are rubbing together that's how you that's how it's vibrating to get a sound the vibration gotcha if you search it on you can search it on youtube you can even see it they put you know you can see it yeah, they doctors put you know something down your throat. <laughs> a camera. And, it's a, yeah, not a camera. something. It's a. They stick a tiny little camera in there, and they're like, "See," and it's like, "Do you think that there's an awkward moment after that where they're like, do we really need to do this, or was Jerry just a sick fuck?" <laughs> like, yeah, I I don't uh, know why they do that. Maybe to I I have no idea. Science, I, science purposes. Yeah. Where'd that video go, Jerry? Oh, it's somewhere. <laughs> I have it. <laughs> wow. Okay. I, I have a I have a silly question. Part of the whole thing of being a, a singer is you perform. And a lot of people can barely like get up on stage and say like, 
hey, like, you know, like I always get super nervous. Just at, like, I know we talked about the karaoke bar like earlier, but like in those social settings, I feel like crawling out of my body and like leaving out of the exit. Like I can't like in my brain, I'm in my Elantra. Like yes. I can't, like I can't be there sometimes. Um, and, and all you do is perform like that's you, uh, over time, have you gained any like, like superstitions or anything like that before you go up on stage? You're like, do you have to like touch the door three times and like, it's going to go good. Like, like in the new, like you run out there and do it. Like, cause I, I honestly like, I'm like, I, I do stupid stuff. Like I have to like, I have to touch the outside of the plane every time I get on one and get off. Like I have to do that before I go. Um, so I know that's, I know it sounds like a child thing, but like, like for you going on stage, is there anything that you kind of do like religiously? Honestly, it depends on the performance. The biggest thing, I definitely do the whole positive self-talk, like, yeah, you got this. Like, you, you're going to go yeah. out there and... Self-manifestation, but, yeah. Yeah, but it's almost this, going back to way far back, a almost helplessness, like, whatever's going to happen out there is going to happen. Um. Mm-hmm. I've tried to release a lot of the control over what's going to happen a lot of the time. I mean, I, I prepare as much as I can. And mm-hmm. I think depending on my level of preparation, I'm usually fine. I usually don't have anything that I do. Um, mm-hmm. But one thing I did notice about myself is it's, I get really, really nervous depending on who's in the crowd and it's so it's so crazy i've told so many people don't go to this show i know it's a lot of people too don't go to this like (laughs) i just i don't like mom don't go like or you know you're romantically interested in someone you're like i don't want them to go like other than that nervousness has really eluded me since i've just been doing that i've been doing it for since i was 12 (laughs) it's like so it's just it's like, crazy. it's just ingrained. It's definitely ingrained. Like it's, just, it's like, it feels like I'm just talking when I'm singing. It feels like I'm just having a conversation. So it's not necessarily, I mean, it really depends the stakes. I mean, if someone, you know, if it's the, the Juilliard head of the department in the audience, like I'm going to be nervous. But for most oh, yeah. of the, most of the things I've done have been, you know, medium stakes. You know, I, I might embarrass myself in front of my friend, but I guess I'm willing to take that risk. <laughs> right. Um, well, I mean, they're going to get faux with you anyways afterwards. Like that, it doesn't like, even if you screw up, <laughs> exactly. you know what I mean? Like it's not, it's, it's not the end of the world if with the friend, but Juilliard, eh, I could, I could see that. <laughs> I, I could definitely be like, ah, you know what? That person thinks this of me now. Um, yeah. Well, very cool. I, um, so what are your, your plans now? I know that you're, you recently accepted a, a GA uh, at a university in Portland, um, but you're going to be doing uh, an emphasis within within opera singing, correct? Yes. Yeah, so I'm continuing to do opera, but I'm planning a couple different avenues of my career. So I have the side where I want to audition for opera companies. So that means just auditioning for specific roles. And things like, you know, La Boheme, like, I don't know, some more popular names that people might recognize. Gotcha. But, um, 
auditioning for those kinds of things are really cool because you you get to do the whole season with them you know it's the same thing as like mm-hmm. with booking a play or something you do the whole season with them and that's a mm-hmm. that's a big long-term goal but for right now i just want to understand my voice the best that i can um and with that comes you know i i was in two different bands in my undergrad and i wrote a lot of music with them and I want to continue doing that and form a new band in up in Portland. And mm-hmm. it'll be nice to play with different people and get a different perspective. You know, I played with mm-hmm. the same people through undergrad and you get a new perspective every single time you play with another person because someone hears something that you didn't hear. Someone right. has an idea that you would have never thought about ever before. And I'm going to keep writing music. I I'm very different in the way that I don't have a five-year plan. I don't have what I'm going to be doing next uh, year necessarily. As artists, artists, we don't have those as artists. We, we yes, exactly. We don't have the five-year plan. We've got at two years at best. <laughs> I have like tomorrow. Like, honestly. Okay. Well, I, all right. I'm sorry. <laughs> then, we're, then we're just different. Then we're just different people then. <laughs> <laughs> no but that's but that's cool so when you get out to portland I, I like what you said though about how um the uh the ability to hear different um people's sounds and i think even the environment too is good you know to be in a different environment that allows you to kind of unlock certain emotions uh in music and just in art in general um so that's that's really right. exciting right i'm excited to be inspired by Possibly even just loneliness at first, not knowing anyone, just kind of right. going through a new city with fresh eyes and not knowing where to go next yeah. with everything. But I think I romanticize a lot of things and I think mm-hmm. it is romantic no, but to that's, move to a new no, place. But that- that exactly you can't fight it for so long. Come on, like I, I, <laughs> I get into that same boat too. Like, there's I saw this. Uh, this uh, tweet the other day that said, um, like, if I have like two drinks in a new city, like I always say, like I'm gonna move here. Like that's so true. Like it's okay to rom- <laughs> like it's okay to romanticize things because when you're young, you can, and if especially if you've worked hard for it, it's not a bad thing. I I think you know life is so big in that way that you know you can you can romanticize those moments and make art of out out of it. Um, it's just you know sometimes when it's if your whole being is that then then there there's a personality there's something wrong there, like it like i don't know like i've ran into those people too where it's like i am la and i'm like you are la whoa like like i got it good for you you know like uh, your whole aura is a traffic stop cool all right like and okay. blow like great like <laughs> like like cool um but uh I don't know. Like I get that sometimes. Like when I listen to the Killers, I'm like, oh yeah, these guys are from Vegas. Like I can feel it. Like yes. I, I can feel it. like I'm like, and it's good. Like I I like you know some of the Killers songs, but like like you're yes. like, oh yeah, I this is this is Vegas for them. Did you really? Yes, it was here. Was it that? was it was two years ago. Um, it was it was a Brandon Flowers solo concert he was doing like a release of his solo music um the more like it's mm-hmm. like a patriotic i forgot the name of it but it was very patriotic Ameri- sounding um america spotlight i believe i believe so that was crazy it was like this weird full circle like 
Wow, I'm seeing yeah. behind him. You know. There's always this there's always this beautiful thing though with like people from Vegas like like I know I said like yeah, you can tell they're from Vegas, but I think that that's like a I don't know, there's like a little badge of honor with people from Vegas. I like know, just being from the desert. Yeah. It's so cute. Like I think uh I think uh you know, Jimmy Kimmel definitely has that too. Like when you see like when he talks about Vegas, like he talks so fondly of it. I'm like, "Yeah, man." Like it's so it's like it's just one of those hidden spots. I mean, it has its issues, but it you know, it has <laughs> like it's you know, it has its charm and I'm happy that people that are uh, out there, you know, making it big or whatever, definitely keep that with them. And, and hopefully as, as you progress through your uh, endeavors going to Portland, you still carry that charm with you. And I, I absolutely wish you the best. You, you and Marshall. Oh, thanks, Ryan. Yeah, I see its charm more and more now, right before I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. I see it now. Yeah. The strip at night. The strip yeah. at night is something else. It really is. 